Welcome in to the newest edition of the Character Concerns Podcast. My name is Christian Osero, joined as always by my guy, Jay Binkley. Bink, we're now in November. We are now down the home stretch of the college football season. This is the last month of the regular season. After this, we are going to be in bowl season starting next month, which is going to be very big. Because now the opportunity to showcase your ability to play at the next level starting to wane, starting to go away. So you got to make the most of these opportunities at least coming up. Play it. Oh yeah, I mean, even come around, guys. They just go ahead and take that time off. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're one of those guys who has kind of solidified their spot at or near the top of your position, yeah. you're you're good. You just got to stay the course. But, I enjoy it. But there's some guys out there that need to put a little bit more good tape out there i get more draft stock like working for the mid rounds to late rounds on draft or on uh, on bowl games yeah than anything else. right because, right because again a lot of times it listens a team game team effort to go out there and do it but when you get the individual efforts trying to to bump up rounds that's really when the evaluation period starts to me is the bowl game because if you're in the college football playoffs it doesn't matter right you're for yourself at this point yeah, and it's about grooming, and then getting the East West Shrine game, and getting in the the Senior Bowl. You know, getting your invite to the combine, get your visits all scheduled with the teams, your top thirty visits, and uh, you know, and away we go to the NFL draft. Uh, but it's weird, Chris, because I mean, we're finally in Max season because it was Conference USA and the Sun Belt carrying away. Yeah, then we got a little Max in the got watch, a little Max now to evaluate some Mac players, and then got all some sudden, Wednesday night football. Yeah, but it's weird because it's November and in the. In the and just to think that, you know, Thanksgiving's right around the corner and all of a sudden we're into the conference championship games, the playoffs, and everything else. But um, these playoffs will be loaded with yeah. NFL talent. Uh, I don't know if you um, talk, talked or have had your friends watch or um, that Alabama-LSU game. That was what I would call the Combine Bowl. I mean, there was so much talent in that game. Yeah, I mean, so much that talent. Probably had the most talent. Oh, 100%. It was either that or um or Washington USC. I think you could have made a case for either of those games. That was being uh, chock a full no of defense talent. game. Oh, there's zero defense. That, zero defense yeah, being played in that LSU game. Had some defenders. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they some, did, but there still was a, a decent amount everything. of points scored. They had everything in that game. Yeah. Um they did. It was just a it's just a wonderful game. I mean, we're talking NFL talent, wide receiver, quarterback. Uh, defensive backs, linebackers, defensive. I mean, it's just a great game. I mean, if right. you're on a team sending a scout to that game, you're doing it wrong. Oh yeah, no, that's that's one of those games. Yeah, where every team should have a scout there who's watching there because they might have an opportunity to draft one or, or more of those players. Well, since we've been doing the show, you kind of watch things a little bit differently. Yes, um, yeah. just the, a lot of player following. You do a lot more of that. A lot of, I mean, I, I've watched so much line of scrimmage play, and I, I try to watch as much line of scrimmage play as I can, anyways, but. It's certainly a lot more focused now that you're watching specific players. So yeah, there's a, a ton of that. I enjoy a ton that. Of or watching who's being corners because yeah. the head coach and like the head coach holding them back, that kind of thing. Right, and you can kind of tell. Yeah. You can kind of tell. Like but you, you can see with decision making. Yeah, my biggest thing in decision making, Chris, is the, the same things you and I text each other. It's who pops, like who pops out to me. Yeah. Like, like hey, 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 you see this dude? Yeah, that's you, that's you the see kind this of guy dude. That's there. a good one. You see this dude? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, and there's phrasing. there's usually a few guys out there every Saturday that we will we will send Jalen Polk. You see that dude? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very very interesting to watch. Um, 
So yeah, this is the prime time to to get it done, to make things happen, and uh, I think that that is where I want to transition over into our first topic here, because now we're almost halfway into the NFL season. We've gotten what is it now? Nine weeks of NFL football played. So about the half, yeah, we, halfway point because well, we of the at halftime. Yes, halftime of the yes. game. Halftime, yeah. we hit the halfway point for for Chris. Many you of and these I were teams. looking forward to training camp not yes. too long ago. Yes, you blink and here we are. Yeah, it is definitely it's definitely been um, a a different kind of experience because I think this draft class has really been one where. The very top end has not been elite throughout, but you do see a lot of promise. And we were worried about this draft a little bit. Then, yeah, I mean, listen, it wasn't going to be as bad as the Eric Fisher year. No, I mean, that was an all no, that was draft. probably the worst draft I think I've it ever is. seen. And uh, my favorite was that it was the Deion Sanders, right? Because wasn't that the uh, Bow one too? The the Hall of Famers in that draft class was was unbelievable. But this draft class in Detroit has a chance to be extremely special. This yeah. draft is going to be a ton of fun uh, to bulk your team up with, yeah. especially at wide, the, the positions I like, wide receivers, the yeah. the, you know, the edges, the <laughs> yeah. things that excite me the most. Yeah, the line. I think the line play on both sides in this draft class is going to be very strong. Their, their quarterbacks and receivers coming out of this draft class are going to be amazing, I think. And I, I think you're going to get some very, very good, very underrated running backs because there isn't that hype with this draft class as far as running back goes, as we saw like last year with a B. John Robinson and eventually with a Jameer Gibbs, um, I think we're seeing now that this draft class here is going to probably be undervalued at running back. And I think probably second or especially third day, there's going to be so many good running backs that teams are going to be able to be able to go out and grab that it'll be really interesting to watch. So, um, but I, I do want to recap how that, how these first rounders from this the draft that we just had in April here in Kansas City, uh, how did how are they performing? And I want to start with number one overall pick, Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama, drafted by the Carolina Panthers, who traded up with the Bears to get that number one overall pick. Um, thus far during the season, he's got thirteen. 175 yards, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. What you'd expect from a rookie. I mean, has he's had his – not a ton of talent around him. A lot of struggles. There. There. It was nice they brought in Thielen for him there. Yeah, good veteran, uh, good veteran but, receiver. Uh, oh, by the way, I found it. Here, here, before we just take a time out here, 1989 draft, Chris. This is, how you, this is how you build your team. First overall pick, Troy Aikman. Second pick was Tony Mandrish, which was a bust. It was a big bust. Third was Barry Sanders. Fourth was Derek Thomas. Five was Deion Sanders. That's four of your top five in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Four of your five guys that really changed their franchise around. But that is amazing to have four of the top five in the Hall of Fame. Especially now with all these crazy ass. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just remembered that. Especially that, all these that was crazy, a draft. Yeah, it was insane. The, oh, yeah. Talking draft. Especially all these crazy ass, like, <laughs> the way that they've changed their valuation process. Now a lot of times teams will talk themselves out of guys like that. Like they'll talk themselves out of a Deion Sanders. Oh, and Steve Waters. Steve Atwater. Was Steve Atwater. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that, what, a, what a ridiculous, a, a great, for great safety. Nineteen eighty nine draft was a classic, man. Yes, yeah, and there's there's a few drafts like that too. Um, but yeah, I starting off Bryce Young there. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. He has kind of uh, 
had those rookie struggles. Well, there was debate, you know, between him and uh, C.J. Stroud that we'll get to in a second. C.J. Stroud's obviously had a better year. C.J. Stroud's kind of broke that whole yeah. m- modicum of what we think about Ohio State quarterbacks. Right. Like, he actually has worked out as Ohio State quarterback at this point. Bryce Young, to me, the thing I like about Bryce is he's a playmaker, and it's way too early, I think, to judge Bryce Young. But the one thing, the intangible he has, I really like that I've liked it from the beginning – He's a, he's a guy's guy, man. I mean, the guys like being around him. They like to hang. He likes – he's nice to his teammates. They want to rally around him. And that's an intangible you need. That's Mahomes – the Mahomes style of magnetism where the team yeah. wants to run to a wall for you. Yeah, I I, I, do I don't know think, if he's got to that level, but he's he's, I, he's got a little bit of moxie. I, I think that he is – like I said, he seems very likable. I agree with you on that. Um, I think – Part of it, yeah, certainly lack of talent around him. And just, like, it's different different when you go play at Alabama and you have all this talent around you, and then you go to the NFL, and now you have to be the one to elevate the team. And he never had to do that at Alabama. He was the guy that was throwing to NFL wide receivers, handing off and throwing to NFL running backs, having NFL linemen block for him, having an NFL defense on the other side that was helping keep the game in check in case he was not playing his best. And now he's playing for one of the worst teams in the NFL right now, probably the worst team in the NFL. And uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a struggle for him, but yeah, I I don't think it's time to like give up or anything on him. On the other hand though, number two, overall quarterback, take it right behind him. My favorite quarterback from this draft class, a guy that I spoke very highly of on the podcast leading up to the draft Number two overall, C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State, went to Houston. Uh, thus far in the season, he's got 2,200 yards, 2,270 yards, 22 touchdowns, one interception on the season. It, it's Had a coming out party yesterday in their game against the Buccaneers. Amazing game. Helped me win my my fantasy matchup because uh, I got Tank Dell on my team, and Tank Dell went off again. He's had a couple of other he's games. He's a franchise like changer. Teams all the time take a stab, yes. a shot in the dark. At a quarterback, and he had to break that mold of what um, people thought of Ohio State. Couldn't then all the testing they did and stuff like that. Right. He's like, I'm a football player, man. Let me go play football. Yeah. It. But the intangibles like that, I, I like the guy. The guy had a, just a this storied career uh, when he played all Big Ten. The guy was uh, unbelievable. Uh, Brian Greasy, uh, or no, in the Drew Brees quarterback of the year. Right. Uh, when he was in college. But I like the way C.J. Stroud played. And, yeah, I mean – he he broke all the molds, and I liked him too through the draft process. You did. There's a lot of debate on Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and I'm telling you, man, you got to get it right. Because there's other teams that I feel that are going to have to go back to the draft this year real quick. Brock Purdy, 49ers. Listen, I, I know he's been serviceable, but you're serviceable with Brandon Ayuk, uh, Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> and, and, and Debo Samuel yeah. and Kittle, right? Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you're losing to an XFL quarterback and P.J. Walker. You're throwing two picks when you had a chance to beat the Vikings. I mean, you've lost three straight. Now they have to go to Jacksonville after the bye. It could be four straight for them. Again, they're going to have to go, in my opinion, go back to the draft to find you a C.J. Stroud. Yeah, there's certainly – I mean, this is the year to do it. Um, we know that Kyle Shanahan's very aggressive in going after quarterback talent if he really values it. We saw it with Trey Lance. didn't work out. Um, but I, I certainly think that – He's still one of the most baffling picks. Yeah, very, seen. very – I didn't like the pick at the time. I was like, you don't trade 
up to top five to go take a, a project quarterback like that. So, yeah, I wasn't a, a big fan of that move. Um, but, you know, yeah, this is the year to do it. First round's full of good quarterback talent. First couple rounds, probably. So this might be the year for them to get it done. I, I do agree with you on on that. But I've yeah. only got CJ for 15. Oh, so for 15 touchdowns? Okay, maybe I looked at that wrong. Um, but, yeah, C.J. Stroud is – But one uh, pick. I mean, yeah, it's one ridiculous. Pick, yeah. It's, it's crazy ridiculous number. for a rookie. It's a crazy number. Especially a Texans quarterback. Yeah, a Texans quarterback. And not only that, it's like going into the year, the question was like, uh, what what talent do they, they have around yeah. him? And you look at there and, like, Nico Collins has started to come out. Tank Dell, rookie, got a third-round pick out of Houston, has had a very good start to his career in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, what D'Amico Ryans is doing down there in, in Houston is uh, is very, very – It's they're a fun team to watch, and I, I really like what I'm seeing there. It's a great draft so far for Houston. Yes, and then Houston third overall, traded back up with the uh, with the Cardinals, and they got uh, edge rusher out of Alabama, Will Anderson Jr. Um, he has not been great, only one sack on the season, but you see the promise there. Yeah. Defensive line is a very tough position to jump into the league. He's got the right head coach for it, though. Yeah, he's got the right guy for it because Domingo's a great – he's a great D.C. and a great defensive mind. But it, it, it takes some time. I mean, George Karloftis, he went half the season without a sack. And then in the, late, in the late stretch of the season, he got six sacks. And look at him now. Right now, he's got six sacks on the, on the, on, on the season, and he is very much starting to become an anchor on the defensive line. But it takes some time. Guys, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is starting to really show something this year. He is. Later in the in the season last year, you started to see it, and then this year, even more of that. So I, I think I, I think it's not time to to panic on Will Anderson Jr. because it's a very tough position to play at edge rusher. Um, then going to fourth overall, you got Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, going to Indy. Um, only played in four games this year. He's done right now. He's on IR with shoulder surgery. Um, threw for 577 passing yards in his four games. Really, it was three and a half because he got hurt. It was Actually, it was like basically three because he had two games where he left about middle of the game due to injury. Uh, but 577 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, one pick, 136 rushing yards with four rushing touchdowns. Most of the, I think all four of those were tush push touchdowns that they got at the goal. He was really being counted on to, uh, for Indy. I, I yes. wanted to see him play that whole year. Me too. Me too. Really wanted to see what he could do, what he could bring to the table. The guy's big, he's physical. I wanted to see the whole season, but and, we're not going to see it. And he struggled as a passer, but you saw that he's got something. He can make some difficult throws. Um, he's got a very, very strong arm. And, and I said this before the draft process completed when we were in the lead-up to the draft. He has yet to show that he can master an offense at the collegiate level. Now you're going to the professional level. It's really hard to do that when you... Like, if you don't hit well in double-A, it's going to be real hard to hit well in the majors. He's a guy, and honestly, the combine numbers helped him. I mean, the intangibles helped him. And that's something a lot of teams will look past. or And some teams won't even take you. Right. In situations because they want tried and true. But, again, it goes back to the notion that we can coach him up. We can coach the player up. Yeah, and there's always – and I, I, I very much, like, appreciate the, the coaching aspect. That's a that's a tough job to do for Shane Steichen. Yeah. That's a very – especially with the lack of experience that Richardson has. But you have seen some of that promise 
And I hope it works out for them because they, right. they, they, they need to get it right. They got to get it right. And they finally drafted a quarterback instead of going with the stop gap. And also I want it because I'm, I'm a Florida fan and I want to see Richardson get it right and, and, and have success at the but professional this level. this is a year for quarterback. This is? <laughs> it, this is. So don't throw your anchor in too far. Yeah. These guys. Can, yeah. If you see something and you think, hey, this, this other guy might be a great, the best quarterback in the league at some point. Don't feel bad about going after. That's why. That's why when they when Washington took uh, RG three early and they took Kirk it's Cousins, Kirk Cousins the in draft. the fourth round in the same draft. I was like, I, it makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. If it if one doesn't work out, at least you got another option, and it did work out exactly the way that they it would have with that contingency. Kirk Cousins ended up being the better quarterback. At fifth overall, the Seattle Seahawks took Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. Um, he. Initially started the year off injured, but since then, he's got 25 tackles and an interception on the season. Very good in coverage. Playmaker. This guy is, it's funny, it's like you look at, at, at them. Last year, they took Tariq Woolen out of uh, out of UTSA. Guy that I really just, like. You love him. Speed. You love <laughs> Tariq You Wolin. wanted the Chiefs to and take I, him. I had him going like two or three rounds higher than he You went. had him going in the second round. But you I know think. what? He deserves to be a second round. He probably yeah. Hired that now. probably. I mean, if redraft, he'd be easy first. Yeah, he'd probably be the probably the second corner taken in that draft behind. It's like a Sauce. Puka Nakua. It didn't matter when yeah. you, <laughs> when yeah. you draft them, you know. Yeah, he was. He he's he's been great for the Seahawks, and yeah, Devin this year has been very very good. And uh, you know that's a that's a tough system to play in. There's a lot of high expectations, and you know you look at what Seattle's got. Uh, they've got a nice little foundation there. Um, then at uh, sixth overall, you got Paris Johnson Jr. tackle out of Ohio State going to Arizona. Um, he has struggled. He has not played great this year. He very much looks like a rookie tackle, and it's the thing we talk about with like the Chiefs. They don't want to start rookies at tackle early in their career, especially left tackle, because they don't want to expose them to something they're not ready for. And you're seeing that with a guy like Paris Johnson Jr. And someone that blocked for C.J. Stroud in college. Yes. Again, you're looking at the guy that went the sixth overall, and he blocked for the number two overall. But again, college and pros, big difference. Big difference. Trying to break that Ohio State mold. <laughs> yeah. Ohio State has some great players come out they, of there. So. They have. They've had some great players out there, and I, I, I very much assume that they'll have some ones come out this year that will end up being great. Um, on to seventh overall, Tyree Wilson, edge rusher out of Texas Tech, goes to the Raiders. Um, really not been that great. He's got 13 tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. Early on, he was kind of fighting for playing time. Struggled. Because he, he didn't show up. He didn't. He was injured for much of the offseason. So he didn't participate until like halfway through camp. Then he comes in, and you can very much tell. Like, he's very green. He's very raw. He's very, I mean, you can obviously see the physical talent, but he doesn't really have much in the way of pass rush moves. But, That's where you lean on Max Crosby to teach him. Exactly, and, and and you hope that Max is is doing his due diligence to be that veteran that's teaching him how to play the position. <laughs> yeah, and then you have a then they fired Josh McDaniel earlier this week, and now you got Antonio Pierce as your as your head coach now as a, on an interim right, basis. Defense. Yeah, he's a defensive guy, and like guys like Antonio Pierce. Like if you remember uh when he was i think the defensive coordinator for Arizona State when Herm Edwards was there he was basically the de facto head coach and Herm was just kind of overseeing everything but he was the one that was on top of recruiting and he was the one that was on top of running the organization so 
Um, yeah, like Pierce has got some experience, and and uh, he might be kind of fast tracking his way to getting a permanent head coaching job. Um, but yeah, I mean, if there's anybody that's going to be out there, Tyree looks like he might be in a decent little position to improve his game. Uh, at eighth overall, beat John Robinson, running back out of Texas, going to the Falcons. Um, his stat line, not bad. 517 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, 197 receiving yards with two receiving touchdowns. But that production has slowed down the last few weeks. And now Bijan is looking, he's kind of taking a backseat to Tyler Algier. I mean, he has. And it's weird is because he had these moves. You're like, whoa, that, that special camera they got there in Atlanta. That it yeah. The but yeah, the last couple of weeks, one week he really didn't play. He had some headaches before the game. Yeah, like play. I think he had like two two touches the whole game. That was it. But we'll see. But you're right. Tyler, again, great player, can do a lot of amazing things. And we see that. But you already had Tyler Algier that I think was a steal the yeah. year before. Yeah, it was a, I, I, I said it at the time. I said it when we were on the air. I was like, this is a stupid pick. Because oh, you, already, you said it too. I'm, sh- I, I'm sure Nick said it too. We all did. We were all sitting there. We were scratching our head about the Jameer Gibbs pick at 12, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it, very much it was like you don't need them. You've got all these other very good players here. Which, and, and instead you take a, a, a running back who was great at Texas. But is not necessary for your team's success. He's going to end up putting up some good numbers though in the year. Yeah, I mean, you you hope Rushing at some point he'll get some more some more usage there. But it just confuses me why they would take him when you've got a thousand yard rookie rusher and and Tyler Algier that you that you took a year ago and he was very very good for them. Uh, then at ninth overall, a guy that we were all saying the the Falcons should have taken, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia. He instead goes to the Philly Bulldogs, and he's got 14 tackles, three and a half sacks, two forced fumbles in his rookie season as a defensive tackle. Home run pick. A lot of people would have shy away from because oh, yeah, of I, character concerns. Yeah, because of character concerns. But and I felt they made a mistake because that, yes. it was a real stud going way deep. A guy that was looked upon as being maybe the number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah. And I look, I get why some teams talk themselves out of it. But if you're in a position like the the Falcons, you don't have a whole lot going for you. You need some wins, and you need to probably rely on your defense because you don't have a great quarterback. Why not go get probably the most disruptive defensive player in the draft class? And he has been incredibly disruptive for this team. And mind you, he's not even like playing the entire game for the Eagles because the Eagles have so much depth that they're running rotations with him, Nolan Smith, guys like that, and he's still killing it out there. It's a sh- it's a shame when you think about the Eagles and they yeah they, certainly they were a better team last year than this year, but they used to have a great record this year. But I think talent wise, I mean they put teams away a lot easier last year. They're yeah. kind of fighting it uh, this year. Still Which great team. Happen, they're still one of the best teams team, in, in the NFL. But to have a Jalen Carter slip to eight, number eight to the Eagles was was like oh, you kidding me? It was me? crazy. It was and seriously, if you're the if it's you're the Eagles, pick, in my opinion, yeah, he slipped to eight. Come yeah, on. if you're the if you're the Eagles, you're just it was a gift delivered to you. Maybe the best player in this draft uh, class delivered, delivered to you. Yeah, at tenth overall, you got Darnell Wright, uh, tackle at a Tennessee, going to the Chicago Bears. Um, he has been getting a lot of time playing at the right tackle for them, and he has experienced some growing pains, but. Darnell has definitely shown you the promise that you you kind of heard about. He's definitely like as a he's better as a run blocker than he is as a pass blocker right now. Um, just getting the time to to see him, he certainly struggled against some of the better edge rushers coming off of the left side of the D line there. 
but Darnell is definitely got a. He's got he's got the motor you like. He's got the the will. He just needs to get that technique down and learn better. I mean, not only that, but like he also doesn't really have a great quarterback position to have to block for, and so there's going to be a lot of inconsistency there. But uh, I think Darnell certainly has shown some promise, and uh, he's one of the few tackles I think you could probably plug and play and. You know, you might get a few struggles here and there, but you'll probably get some good play overall down the line. Then, 11th overall, Pete Skaronsky, tackle out of Northwestern going to Tennessee. Uh, this was one of the few picks where it was like it was very obvious that he was probably going to go to the, the team that drafted him. Skaronsky, though, is not a tackle anymore. Yeah, he could play both. Very versatile. It's one of the guys I really liked in that first round. You did. Maybe one of my favorite offensive linemen. He is now, he got moved in very quickly to guard for the Titans. So he's playing on the inside now. That was one of the things that was talked about before the draft, that there was potential that he would probably move inside, though a lot of people thought that it was a very good, you know, they would at least give him a shot at the tackle spot because they let go of Taylor Lewan. Now that's not the case. He is instead now playing. He is instead now playing on the inside, Left and guard. he is. It's a decade player, man. It's yeah. someone you don't have to worry about. It's that a guy you you plug and play. You don't have to worry. That's about Trey it. Smith. We don't exactly. You don't even think don't about, worry it. about it. Don't even think he's about a starter. it. Starter. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was a good pick for Tennessee there. Moving on to the twelfth overall, you got Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama going to Detroit. A head scratching move that I think all three of us were were kind of talking about there. Uh, certainly the other guys who were on location during our draft coverage for the first round also were like that. Um, thus far in the season, 388 rushing yards, two touchdowns, 165 receiving yards. Um, so decent production for a rookie running back as part of a committee, but he has not been able to beat out David Montgomery for that starting job. And it's one guy that you, it's a piece, and you see kind of why Detroit did it, because he can play receiver, at running back, what are you, splitting yeah. back, do a lot of different yeah, things with it. him. Yeah, yeah. It's just not the best value they could have gotten there. There's a lot of really good running backs in this draft class. You didn't need to take Jameer. Oh, wait, do you think anybody else would have taken Jameer in the first round if they didn't take him at 12? Unless he went to Atlanta where <laughs> Bijan did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless Atlanta missed out on Bijan because one of these other teams. I guess he maybe Pittsburgh doing it again. I don't know about that. They no, because they already have they already have Najee and they have uh, Jalen Warren, who both I'm been saying, both been good for. It's him. a Pittsburgh type move. It would be a Pittsburgh move, just like Najee. Them taking Najee in the first no. round a couple years ago. I thought that Pittsburgh was a good fit, move. though. Me too. I, 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 too. I remember these mock drafts we did. I did a is a Trez Paler mock we did. Yeah, that with Trez is like. Or, right to raise money for yeah, Chris's deal, yeah. and I had Pittsburgh was my deal, and I was like, Najee Harris just made too much sense. It that made, was like, yeah. it was my knew. pick for it. And they Every, took everyone knew that Najee was going to be playing in black and gold. <laughs> so moving on to the fourteenth to the thirteenth overall pick, we had Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher out of Iowa, going to the Green Bay Packers. He's got eight tackles and one sack on the season. Kind of struggled to get a lot of time on the field just because of a lack of experience. And on top of that, like, the Packers have a pretty talented defense already. Um, I know they just gave Rashawn Gary $100 million on an extension last week. Yeah, so. what a what – a, it's quietly very gave quiet. a ton of money to ton Rashawn of, Gary. Just like – it was funny. It's like I knew Rashawn Gary has, like, started to become an integral part of their defense. I didn't know it was like that, though. Like, it is funny because, like, if you remember, like, Rashawn Gary was highly recruited before he ended up uh, – 
committing to Michigan and signing with them. He was very good at Michigan, but also had some injury issues and kind of hurt his value a little bit. And early in his career, he kind of struggled to get a lot of consistent playing time, more of a rotational guy. And now he's really started to break out. So uh, it's good for him, but certainly that does kind of impede the path of Luke Van Ness a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're definitely looking towards the future and, 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 you know, hopefully for their sake, Van Ness starts to develop into that, that every down edge rusher. At 14 overall, you got Broderick Jones, tackle out of Georgia, who did go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, did not get the starting job immediately out the gate. Last Thursday, first start of the season, playing right tackle right. for the Steelers. So, And this was a guy that was thought to be a, a potential starting left tackle. So he moves over to the right side. They think he's a, a swing tackle, so maybe at some point – he does play the left side at some, you know, down the line. But now he's finally starting to get some time there. When at first they kind of did the route that Andy does where they let him develop a little bit before they put him out there. So, Broderick Jones there at 14-15, though. This is a guy that we saw mocked to the Chiefs a lot. We saw a lot of people talk about all of these athletic ability, you know, these athletic ca- uh, character traits that he had. And we have not seen them. That being Will McDonald the fourth, edge rusher out of Iowa State, going to the New York Jets, a pick that we were all surprised by. Could not believe that because of the age and where it'd be at the second contract, yeah. that kind of thing. And and not only that, but like everyone was like, he's probably a late first, early second pick. And instead, he gets drafted fifteenth overall by the Jets. Who, mind you, you remember the year before Jermaine Johnson the second, not a good pick. Yeah. He has not played very much. No. I was a little bit surprised they took that. Yeah. I was surprised they took that pick. Especially with Robert Sala. Yeah, I know, right? He has not seen much action on the field. And certainly, again, this time around, Will McDonald struggling to get snaps out there for the uh, for the Jets. Jets are a team that's trying to compete. They're trying to win. They're not really going to give young guys who haven't played up to their potential those opportunities because, you know, winning takes takes uh Forefront there. But, yeah, Will McDonald has two tackles on the season. 16th overall, Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback out of Mississippi State, who is uh, who was drafted by the Washington Commanders. Very surprising pick when we first saw it happen. I think we were all sitting there like, dude, Christian Gonzalez is still available. And Forbes has actually been pretty good. He's been pretty good. He's got um, – 20 tackles, one interception, five pass, five pass deflections. Um, he has def, you, he's not a shutdown corner or anything. He's more of a ball hawking type, what you see with uh, Serviceable starter is a great pick. Yeah, more of a Marcus Peters type than anything. He has played very well, I think. I mean, it was a chance that or Gonzalez. I, mean, I would have thought Christian Gonzalez there instead of Manuel Forbes. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, because we both thought Gonzalez. Yeah. And we thought Joey Porter Jr. would probably not be there. Uh, we thought Joey Porter Jr. was going to go to the the uh, Steelers. They ended up getting him in the top of the second round, though. They actually traded up to go get him. Uh, going 17th overall was the guy that we thought we, we was going to go earlier, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon, going to the Patriots. Um, he's had some injury issues this year, but 17 tackles, one pick, three pass deflections. You see why the, the Patriots liked him. The Patriots traded back and still were able to get him. Very much seemed like a Patriots kind of guy. 
I think he was one of the guys that we regularly were mocking to the Patriots, and we saw a lot of people do it. He's definitely kind of shown why he was valued there. Um, Then you got 18th overall, Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa, going to Detroit. Another confusing pick because it's a linebacker who's not a pass rusher going in the first round. And uh, he's got, thus far, 21 tackles, one sack, one pass deflection. So it seems to me like he's playing a lot of different roles, but nothing where you would say he's a lead at. Like, he's not a guy that's, like, forcing his way on the field, similar to, like, what we saw with, like, Nick Bolton his rookie year. Then? Well, but, but one thing about it, though, I understand the philosophy of why Detroit does it. Yeah. They were 28th in total defense last year. They were They're right behind the Chiefs this year. Yeah. They're fifth. Now, scoring defense are out right outside the top mm-hmm. 10. But total defense, they've gotten a lot better defensively. Right. And it, it's making moves like Jay yeah, and, I, and, I, and I think I think the the big thing for them has been their their pass rush improving a lot. Aiden Hutchinson's got better. Um, what was it? Chris Houston, I think, is their other edge rusher on the other side. And, you know, he's – I mean, he was a surprise guy from last year. Just came out of nowhere and turned into a, a good edge rusher. They've got some talent on that line. I, I'll say this, like – I very much, if I were were Detroit, like I would be very much trying to invest in my defense because you got a lot of talent on the offensive end. So you you kind of want pace pieces like Jameer Gibbs and stuff on yeah. offense. They had some head scratchers, but again, their defense has made a twenty uh, three spot jump as far as total defense. Yeah. So at nineteen, Kalijah Cansey, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh, goes to Tampa, and he has been pretty average, if you will. Uh, a lot of injury issues, so, you know, not a lot of production, but certainly you see the talent there. At 20, Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to uh, Seattle from Ohio State, and it doesn't look great, but you see some promise there. 272 receiving yards, two touchdowns. 21, Quentin Johnston Jr., wide receiver at But the TCU. Jackson Smith, too, that moved the slot and stuff. They yeah, yeah. And, and not only that, but he's, he's going to have to fight for targets because he's got two better receivers ahead of him in DK, Metcalf, and, and Tyler Lockett. Um, he's so, got nine catches the last two weeks. So right. Yeah, so he's, he's – and that's – a lot of that was because DK has had some injury issues. But he's issues. been 100, under 100 yards. Yes. Those games, yeah. yeah, he's not been great. Um, DK's had some injury issues to deal with, with ribs and whatnot, so – I mean, he actually missed his first game of his career a few weeks ago, which kind of hurt me in fantasy. So, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, uh, Quentin Johnson, Jr., wide receiver. I mean, Quentin Johnson, wide receiver at a TCU, goes to the Chargers. 114 yards on the season. Right now, he's he's been the fourth receiver on their depth chart. Disappointing. He's third now because of the injury to Mike Williams. Yeah. Very disappointing. You would like, think with Mike Williams' injury that it was time for Quentin to step yeah. up. Yeah, instead, Joshua Palmer has actually overtaken him, though Palmer's had some injury issues now. So at this point now, it's like it's it's time to put up a shutout for like they need Johnston. <laughs> they need him bad. They they they're playing tonight against the Jets. They need yep. him bad. <laughs> then going on to Zay Flowers, who's been the best wide receiver in this draft class. Actually, no, no, no second best wide receiver in this draft class thus far. Uh, wide receiver out of Boston College, a guy that I loved to the Chiefs that they could have gotten him. Um, it's a good piece for a very good team. Baltimore very is good here. Team. They're on the scene. I'd put him in the top tier with the Chiefs. Almost 500 receiving yards on the season and a touchdown. He's been the best receiver for the uh, for the. Ravens remember, it's going to be Odell Beckham. It was going to be Odell. <laughs> Odell's had an issue staying healthy. Then the next pick at 23rd overall, uh, Jordan Addison, wide receiver at a USC to Minnesota. He's been the best wide receiver in this draft class. 
five. Actually, no, the second best wide receiver. Guy I'm wrong. Like I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm so wrong. Uh, so, so actually, Zay's been third. He's been second, and he's got 534 receiving yards, seven touchdowns on the year. He's getting a lot of usage, especially now that Justin Jefferson's on an IR with the hamstring injury. He's been great. He has been, and he shows how physical he is and just how much space he creates when he's out there. Yeah. Like, that is a great pick. And he's an outside wide receiver. This, that great was the thing pick. we heard about was that he was just a slot guy. That's all he was when he was at Pitt. Slot. He's more versatile USC, than that. He's proven guy. that. No, he's playing on the outside. Yeah, and he's, he's proven been, he can he's been move awesome. anywhere you can. Exactly. You put him all over the place. And he's been great. At what it. they were worried about in the beginning, remember character concerns when he got there because yeah. he got a sort of speeding ticket. Who oh, yeah, I was like, who cares? Speed. Oh, he's got the speeding ticket. Yeah, no, it's not a big issue at all. Um, at 24th overall, Deontay Banks corner out of Maryland. He has 22 tackles, one pick, seven passes defense. He's been pretty good for the job. Yeah, the seven passes defended. I mean, he, you put him out there. Yeah. He's been very reliable for a team that's uh, not very good. Not very good. Not a whole lot. To, to go up on, Daniel Jones just announced, got a torn ACL. He's and done he the Raiders year. smoking cigars that are beating him. Yeah, I know, right? If the Raiders are smoking cigars in the locker room after whooping your ass, you know something's wrong there. Um, then going to 25th overall, Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah, going to Buffalo. He's got 339 yards and a touchdown. He's really starting to see some usage now. Yeah, that because Dawson Knox is hurt. And they like, like him. They're calling Kelsey Jr. out there. Yeah. Oh no, I I see it, and and we are seeing why we were hoping that the Chiefs could have drafted him because Dalton Kincaid. If Dalton Kincaid was in this Chiefs offense right now, we would have no concerns about the the offense being able to move the ball. Down uh, it's going to be a, a a Pro Bowler for years to come. I think so. I, I agree with you on that. Number twenty six, Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle out of Michigan, going to Dallas. Only got five tackles on the year. Not seeing a ton of time on the field. Very much a project guy. Probably would have been that here in Kansas City as well. A lot of talk of him going to KC when the draft yes, was coming Yes, yes, there was rumors. It that might have they gone tried to trade had he not gone to Dallas. Yeah, yeah. The, there was rumors that they were trying to trade up with the Cowboys to take Mozzie. And uh, when, you know, obviously teams are going to ask, who are you going to draft here? They said Mozzie, and they were like, yeah, no, we good. So, but, yeah, Mozzie really hasn't shown much this year. We'll see about the future. 27, Anton Harrison, tackle out of Oklahoma, goes to Jacksonville. He's got eight starts at right tackle this year. Um, not not great right now, but there's a learning curve at that position. You got to pick things up, and uh, I think that he's going to be all. Another guy that you surely liked. They did I mean, like him Oklahoma lineman, played on the same line as uh, Wanya Wanya, Morris at Oklahoma. A guy that they ended up taking in the third round. So, you know, they, they certainly like those guys like that. Um, 28, Miles Murphy, edge rusher out of Clemson, goes to Cincy. Only five tackles and one sack on the season. He is fighting for playing time because he's got two guys ahead of him in uh, in Hendrickson and Hubbard on well, the edge. Which, which they can get to the quarterback. Yeah, they I mean, can get he's, to the He's on a team with some guys. Yeah, so there. it's going to be some time there. Certainly he'll be the – I think he'll get some time there because they can't pay everybody, and they just gave Hendrickson some more money. I don't think they're going to pay Hubbard. Uh, any any type of big money, so there there will be some options there for to, for them to uh, for him to get some PT. Twenty nine, Brian Brasid, defensive tackle out of Clemson, goes to the Saints. Nine tackles, a sack and a half on the season. Um, he's not been someone that's getting consistent playing time because he's he's not the most technically proficient defensive. Not that shows flashes, and I expect yes. uh, improvement out of Brian. At thirty, be better and better every year. Yes, yeah, he's he he. I think he'll get better too. Him yet? No, I don't think so either. I I think he's shown some promise, but he's definitely 
I mean, going into the draft, there's a reason why he fell all the way down to the bottom of the of the first round because there's some technical issues. Then Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia, goes to Philly. Not seeing a lot of playing time because, again, they're stacked on the D-line. Uh, only six tackles, one sack. And then finally, Felix on UDK, Uzama, edge rusher out of Kansas State, going to the Chiefs. All that pomp and circumstance that they did at the end of that first round. Ten tackles, five pressures at, uh, off the edge, half a sack. Again, not seeing a ton of time because they have a very deep rotation. But, on the, but the theme of what the Chiefs have done, and Andy Reid's always said it, like, you, hey, if you have a chance to take pass rusher, you do it. That's why he took them. They've been bulking up. And I like what they've done, the Chiefs, because they have home-proofed their defense like yes. other teams should have been doing. Yeah. When they talk about edge rushers and let's get a secondary. And the Chiefs are number two against the pass in the NFL. They've really gone at that. But it was about bulking this team. You know what? You're playing great quarterbacks in the AFC. It's not just Mahomes. It's a lineage of good quarterbacks in the AFC. So, essentially, the uh, blueprint that the Chiefs laid, uh, or should have other teams laid, to stop Mahomes, the Chiefs have done that with constantly going pass rusher. And Felix, yeah. one of these guys, we knew it wasn't going to be it right away. It was going to take time. Yeah. So, want to get to a, a quick story here that's kind of been jumping all over college football. That being the story of the Michigan Wolverines and the sign-stealing scandal. They had a an assistant coach who was, I mean, this is like some espionage-type stuff. He was somehow able to infiltrate all of these various teams around the, the Midwest and was like impersonating staff. Dressing up as staff. There's pictures of him on the on the Central Michigan sideline with the Central Michigan hat during a game. Yeah, you got the sideline pass for that. Like Buying the, the tickets. Games. But he had sunglasses on the entire game yes. in the dark. Yes. And there was a little blue light that came yeah. on the corner of the sunglasses. Yeah. Probably because you're recording. Because you're recording. And so they were there. You've got the situation where he is being accused of recording the signs of all these different coaches, of all these different coaching staffs. Because there's no uh, electronic communication there. Um, so, yeah, they are steal- – he's basically accused of being of stealing signs. And then, you know, these are re- Which you can't recorded. in-person scout. You cannot in-person do it. You cannot record them. Or record it. Obviously, you can, like, write them down or whatnot. Oh, you can go to the, these guys. These guys yeah. are advanced scout all the time. You just cannot record You never know who they are. Them. You cannot video record, which has always been the case in football – it has always been illegal to video record, but it's been okay to actually steal the signs if you write them down. Listen, a lot of coaches will say, hey, man, they do it all the time anyway. The Big Ten coaches are all mad. I think that uh, well, they probably Michigan's going to Michigan's gonna sue and sue to try to get this oh, thing through the playoffs. Of course, and, yeah. And, but, you know, you never know. You might have to relinquish a title at Maybe. some point. You never know some what's going to happen. But I will say this is Connor Stallions to me. Listen, he wrote a 600-page manifesto of why he wants to be head coach. He did. He's crazy. So, so but here's the thing. Could you eventually prove that he was a lone wolf and did all this stuff on his own to try to, you know, hey, I'm going to get Jim Harbaugh. Because if you're Harbaugh, you said, okay, he's stealing signs, watching TV, what are you doing? Or he's just kind of hands off, like, you do what you got to do. I don't care. I don't want to know what you want to do. There's I'm not going to yeah. do a paper trail what you're going to do. But he went and just did it. No, not saying they didn't know what he was doing, but a lot of this stuff comes back to him, his Venmo, everything else. So uh, eventually I think they're going to, 
push everything on him. I think Michigan's going to oh, throw yeah. it. Lone Wolf, active um, Lone Wolf. Well, we still went after <laughs> signals. They're going to push it on yeah. him. Of course. I mean, that's just every program is going to do that. There's always going to be plausible deniability. I don't doubt that that's what happened, that they tried to – they were like, hey, do whatever you do. Just don't tell us so we can – if you end up breaking some rules, we could just pretend like we didn't know. Like, I, I'm I'm very certain that that's what they're doing because that happens all the time. I mean, there's a lot of people that work with, like, organized crime, and they're like, hey, don't tell me about it. You just do. do what you do. And then we and then once you get the job done, then we're good. Just don't tell me about it because I want to be able to say I don't but know. But it was what silly do. because that's a damn good football team with a lot of NFL talent yeah, on it. They didn't yeah. need to do it. Especially going and watching Michigan State. Yeah. Early I mean, on. I mean, come on, man. Michigan State's a joke, right? You need a 49 nothing. You don't I mean, need to didn't, do that. You don't need their signal. Yeah. But uh, the question becomes does this affect their ability to recruit? I'm mean, not recruit, but does it affect the ability of these players that are drafted to continue to have the high-level stock that they have. Because, let's say it's like J.J. McCarthy and teams are judging him. It's like, well, did he know the coverage schemes that these teams were going to run based off of the signals that they were getting because he knew what the signals looked like? I mean, there's going to be questions like that. And certainly during the combine, they will be asked about that pretty extensively. I don't think it's something to be concerned about, though, because – a, we don't know to the extent of which these things actually help. Second off, a lot of teams do this, and it's certainly not like I don't think very many teams are physically like recording them with video technology, but I do believe that a lot of teams are have someone there who is observing the signs You're still not of supposed coaches. to, though. You're not supposed Ohio to. Ohio State inquired about it last year, but they, the NCAA said you could do in person for playoff games. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm sure that all of these teams have people doing it, because I know that they do it in the NFL. Whenever Spygate happened, all these other people come in and say, oh, we've been doing you know, this in the 80s and 90s. With the Mahomes jersey on yeah. at Chiefs camp. Yeah. Like, this is just what He's they probably do. working for the Raiders. Oh, yeah. 100%. Or the Broncos. <laughs> and that's the reason why I didn't play that well when they played in Denver last week. Like, this is this is just how the game works. All these teams are going to try to get some sort of advantage. The deflate gate thing was blown out of proportion. I mean, they're not the first team to mess to to mess around with with PSI or anything like that. Also, on top of that, there's no proof they actually messed with the PSI. the The NFL actually secretly came to a conclusion behind closed doors. But you're not even that it was to go the, to the cold weather. Recording them is another thing you can't right. do. But you're not even supposed to go to them. Yeah, but like, again, they can't stop people no, from I going mean, to games. I mean, this, look, this is it just happens how, all the time, man. This is how, and anybody who's in the know in the league knows that. So it shouldn't affect them too much. Maybe if there's something that comes out that's more damning, like, you know, if Connor Stallions were like, yeah, yeah, I told J.J. McCarthy exactly what the signs were and this is what to look for. And every time he saw that signal, he knew cover three was coming. So we knew, okay, let's switch to this cover three beater, this dagger player or whatever. And and they do that, and then, you know, that's how it works. If that's the case, then, yeah, it would very much negatively affect the draft stock for McCarthy. But I have my doubts that that's what it was because I actually have my doubts that sign-stealing really works that well. Yeah, the rule is that uh, uh, sign-stealing is prohibited um, in person scouting, excuse me, and definitely, you can't record it. We know that. That's uh, yeah. We know that. That's yeah. a no. That's a no. No. Right. You can't. Uh, you you can't record it. But in person scouting, you're not supposed to because hey, they get enough film and things like that where they're not where the the NCAA knows that these these teams get enough 
but the bylaw 116.1, off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents in the same season is prohibited. Sign stealing, stealing itself is not technically against the rules. Well, how are you going to sign still if you're not allowed to go to the right. game? So, but against the rules unless it involves electronic equipment to record and inform and um, during games. So you can't record yeah. it during games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and not only that, but you don't have to send a scout. You can just have a, a fan that you know, uh, a student you know, just go do it. And you can say, hey, you're not officially on our payroll, but get these signs and we'll give you a little extra cash on the side under the table. I just think that all these teams are doing it, so I don't care about this. And I hope that the teams don't hold that against the players for it. Um, so moving on to the prospect recap that we have. Um, we had a big matchup there, Washington-USC taking each other on on Saturday night. Caleb Williams, 27-35 for 3-12, three touchdowns on the game. Michael Penix Jr. on the opposite side, 20-30 of 30 for 256, two touchdowns and a pick. Also his, his top two wide receivers in the game, Romo Dunze, uh, Romo Dunze, uh, Dunze. Adunze. Finally, you name wrong. We finally got it right. It's Romo Dunze. I actually get that one right. And Jalen Polk. My guy. Each had five receptions in the game. Uh, Odunze had 82 yards, and uh, Polk had 52 in a touchdown. In an um, arena football league game. I mean, yeah, it was exactly that. It was just a shootout, scoring, 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 no defense, being played whatsoever. Uh, after the game, uh, actually, I think it was uh, today, or it was, it was, yeah, it was today or yesterday, USC fired their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, um, which, I mean, they should have done that like a month ago because he wasn't good. became one of the worst defense in the country. And the yeah. one thing about it, too, is also a side note about this. Caleb Williams, you know, I actually saw a mock today that came from a reputable source. And his first one I've seen of this, not having Caleb Williams as their number one overall, is Marvin was Harrison it? Jr. Oh, is it Marvin Harrison? Okay. I, I could... Because there's concern, but he, at least I he's can, playing. That was I the thing. Like, if he didn't play, he did not. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that if it's a team, like if the Cardinals get the number one overall pick, I can see them going Marvin Harrison Jr. over. I can over see it becoming Caleb. a debate when it comes down to it. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a slam dunk for Caleb Williams. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, yeah, only only Marvin Harrison Jr. That's the only guy I think you could make a case for. Because he's never won the conference and he didn't want to play a game. So I think yeah. some of that comes back. I mean, I wouldn't hold that against him, but I could understand if a team would. So, yeah. I um, Then... The, that that great Mizzou and, and Georgia game. It was, it was a great game. Um, Lat McConkey really jumped out to me, man. He had seven catches for 95. Ever since um, Brock Bowers has gone down with his his ankle injury, Lat McConkey stepped up. This was a guy you heard well, a lot about. He's been good the last couple of years. Yeah, he's been yeah, good. But, but early the, in the season, the he was guy. not playing well. He was not playing that well. He was very much taking a backseat to Bowers. This year, with Bowers being out, he's getting a lot of those touches, those similar touches, and McConkie is really balled out. I think he's probably improved his draft stock a decent amount just based off of what he's shown lately here. He was a guy that you heard as a potential first-rounder but probably a second-day pick. I think he could very much over the next month or so solidify himself as a second-day guy. Great route runner, great hands. Yeah, great hands. And he's a guy, like, after the catch, like, he's got something. Like, he's very hard to bring down, very slippery, you know, got good agility. Um, that's a guy that I, I think could definitely be a playmaker at the NFL level. Um, then you also got Jonathan Brooks, uh, wide, or running back out of Texas. Got 22 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you've got Xavier Worthy, 
receiver for Texas, five catches, 48 yards. Nothing too great there. Uh, Jatavian Sanders, our guy, a guy we've talked about a lot, tight end for Texas, only had two catches for 21. Hey, Texas probably has four guys offensively that could be first-round picks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, with the Jatavian Sanders, the tight end, and Jonathan Brooks, I don't think will be a first-round pick. No, he's probably going to be But he will be drafted. Guy. Yeah. And then, of course, the Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell, a wide receiver I really like. Yeah. Uh, for so, two uh, maybe first-round receivers. And Xavier Worthy was in that same mock draft I saw that had uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. going number one. Right. And and then for Colorado, you had Shador Sanders, 24-39 for 245. Two touchdowns. And then uh, Xavier Weaver, Weaver had five catches for 66 yards. Um, so, you know, decent production from those guys. Nothing great, though. Colorado certainly has lost a lot of that luster that they had early in the season. I've been still watching to take them, though, some though, it's fun to still watch. Yeah, it's still a fun team. But, yeah, like now they're <laughs> – we're starting to see their flaws and whatnot, uh, which was going to happen. It's transfer portal for uh, Dion. Yeah, for our Dion's a, he's going to be very active there. Uh, Liatu Latu had a sack and a half as well in uh, for UCLA. So um, he's he's showing out. He, he, he I think he, I think he's almost surpassed his number from last year. I think he's got nine and a half sacks on the year now. He's almost surpassed his sack number from last year, which he was 10, I think, last year. Two so. weeks ago, I told you why he's going to put up a big game. Oh, he did. He did. Sack and a half. Sack and a half. That was back against Shadur. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Two yeah. weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Two weeks ago. He had a couple sacks. Yeah. Now now he's, he just had a sack and a half here. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. only had four catches for 25. Nothing great two for them. TDs. Two of them were Two more TDs, but still, like, you know, nothing, nothing great production-wise. Uh, J.J. McCarthy. 24 for 37, 335. So stay in the course there. Um, if sign stealing doesn't uh, hamper Michigan with yeah, people's views, apparently not. I mean, we'll see once they once they play Ohio State here at the end of the month. That's too bad though, too. I mean, yeah. And then Mr. Consistent, Malik Neighbors, my guy, LSU, ten oh, catches, 171, and a touchdown. Too. I mean, after Marvin Harrison, this is my favorite receiver against in the Alabama draft class. Too. Against Kool Aid and stuff out there, yeah, Malachi Moore, Kool Aid, and all those guys. I say this. Mr. Consistent. This is a guy. But who are you just, doing it against? Louisiana yes. Tech, you doing it against Alabama, yeah. you did it against Bama. He's he's doing it against everybody. Like everybody he's going up against, he's out there just consistently seven to ten catches over a hundred yards. Now, LSU receivers, uh Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, they kind of do well in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. LSU kind of has We go a, back to Dwayne Bow. <laughs> they kind of have a reputation for being very good at at uh at developing and, and putting wide receivers in the NFL. So let's get to our money makers here, guys who made money with their performances over the last few weeks or so. I want to start with Washington running back Dylan Johnson, who was, I thought, the best player in that game on Saturday between the between Washington and USC. He had 26 carries for 256 yards, four touchdowns, just balled out against USC. Against a very, 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 very terrible game. defense. And he didn't have great numbers before. But still, I mean, this is a guy who's averaging almost 10 yards a carry. And, you know, granted, bad defense, but still 10 yards a carry. 26 carries, four touchdowns. Got to give that man his credit there. Um, also want to give credit to Lad McConkey, Georgia wide receiver, who stepped up. Last two games, 13 touchdowns, 230 yards. and I mean, 13 catches for 230 yards and a touchdown. He has stepped up in the place of Brock Bowers, who got injured against Vandy. Um, and then A.D. Mitchell, your guy, Texas wide receiver, eight catches, 149 yards, and a touchdown this week against Kansas State. And then finally, Ohio State running back Travion Henderson, 22 carries, 
128 yards, a touchdown, five catches, 80 yards. Um, two years ago, he had a great year. He had an excellent year. It was like, okay, Travion's going to be the next great running back to come out of college. And then last year, not so great. This year, decent start to the season. This might be the thing that breaks him out and puts him on that second day, on that second second day of the draft path. So those are the guys I think are, have made themselves some money here over the last few weeks. I'll tell you the guy who's really making some money is uh, is uh, Oklahoma State and, and some of their talent that they've yes. got. Yes, was that Ollie Gordon? Ollie Gordon. Ollie Gordon is so good, like, man. He's a sophomore, so he's got he's a year so he's not draft eligible. But. He's put himself on the map. He's going to be a Heisman favorite next year. Yes, I think so, too. I think he could end up being the top running back taken next year. Um, he has, I mean, especially because Ohio, Oklahoma State pulled off that upset against Oklahoma. That's going to put him on the map. And next year, especially no, with no Oklahoma, no Texas in the Big 12, Oklahoma State I mean, might be pretty damn good there. They might be a serious contender for, team for the that Big got 12. drilled by South Alabama earlier. I know, right? That wins for K-State. I know. KU, they paid a Oklahoma. team to come in and whoop their ass. And yeah. then look at them now. Now they're out here beating Oklahoma and winning the what could be the very last bedlam ever. I mean, that's that's awesome to watch. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, Ollie Gordon out there as a, as a true sophomore showing what he can do and – becoming the top running back in the nation right now. Yeah, that's that's a guy in, in 20 and 25 we're going to be talking about for sure for that draft. Um, so let's get to our watch list for week 11. I uh, want to start Michigan taking on Penn State. Uh, certainly the the stink of the sign-stealing scandal is going to be out there. Um, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards on the offensive side. For the uh, Michigan Wolverines on the defensive side, Chris Jenkins at defensive tackle, someone to watch for. And then for Penn State, you've got Olu Fashanu, their starting left tackle, probably the best left tackle in the nation. You've got Chop Robinson. Do we know what Chop Robinson still, is? Still no. Health status is? Um, and then you've got Kalen King, cornerback there. Um those are certainly going to be players to to look out for in that matchup. Alabama going and taking on Kentucky. You've got edge rusher Dallas Turner. You've got cornerback Khalid McKinstry, who's uh, had a very, very tough season against some really good receivers. Yeah, um, and they saw Malik Neighbors. Yes. I mean, he... You go against Malik Neighbors, Neighbors goes out there and catches 10 passes on you. That's a pro that's offense. Tough. Really yeah, that's a professional offense. They got Jaden Daniels is out here just killing it with it, not only with as a passer, but as a, as a runner. You know, I think he had like over, I think he led the team in rushing when they, uh, this past weekend against Alabama. So looks like uh, Chop's going to be out. Is it, will he be out? Okay. Well, Chop is is certainly a, an edge rusher. He looks like he might be a day two guy now. He was a, going. He was a potential day one, you know, first round pick. Now he's looking like he might be a day two guy. Um, and then on the defensive side for Alabama, you've got McKinley Jackson at defensive tackle. You've got Malachi Moore who plays that star position. Star position, for him. like Brian Branch. At, yeah, uh, you remember from Game yeah, One that against third, the Chiefs. That essentially that third Pick safety six. that kind of that kind of roams the around. Kadarius Tony gave him exactly. Yeah, a terrible ass tip that he had. Uh, Terry and Arnold's another corner that, they, that Alabama's got. Then they've got tackle J.C. Latham, certainly going to be in contention for one of the top tackles in this draft. Kentucky though, they got this kid named Ray Davis. Tore Florida apart when they played him earlier this year. He's from a transfer Temple. from Temple. Very talented. He's kind of a Mojo Drew type running back. 
this kid. He and Cody Schrader from Missouri going back and forth right. for a leading rusher in the SEC. Yeah, this is a kid you want to watch for because he's going to be playing on Sundays, and he's going to be very good in the NFL, I think. Uh, then you've got Indiana taking on Illinois. Only player to watch in that game because neither of these teams are really that good is Jerzon Newton, who's the uh, top defensive tackle for them. Draft. Probably going to be the top defensive tackle taken in this draft class. You've got Old Dominion taking on Liberty. Uh, linebacker Jason Henderson, probably going to be the top line, pure linebacker pl- taken in this draft class. Um, that's a guy to look out for. Arizona taking on Colorado. You got Shador Sanders at quarterback. You got Xavier Weaver at wide receiver. You also do have Travis Hunter, but again, not draft eligible. For him. But he's, we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, pick one wide receiver or, yes. or defensive back. Defensive back, he's been better and better. Like he's, yeah. he had a couple of picks a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, like it's about getting better. He, I think he's getting better at defensive back. I mean, yeah. well, he always always good coming into the season. But right, he's turned this season around at, at the corner. Yeah, I think I, I definitely think you know probably stick with wide receiver. But yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly value there in him playing both sides. Um, then you got Baylor taking on Kansas State, tight end Ben Sinnott, and uh, he's really climbing the charts. Yeah, he's starting to climb there, getting some usage. Um, you know, when Avery Johnson was out there playing quarterback, he wasn't getting a lot of targets, but he gets them when Will Howard's playing quarterback. Um, then you also have Cooper Beebe, who is uh, probably going to be the one of the top two guards taken in the draft this year. Um, so look out for that. Miami takes on number four, Florida State. This is a big matchup there for both of these schools. Um, both tackles for Miami are going to be playing in the NFL, that being Zion Nelson and Francis Maui Goa. Um, then you also have safety James Williams for them and quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. Van Dyke probably, I think, a third-day quarterback being taken. Um, for Florida State, though, both of their wide receivers, Johnny Wilson Jr., Keon Coleman. Coleman was actually hurt uh, in their in their last game against Pitt. He got banged up, but again, it's one of these schools, and we've seen more and more of it. Where these, It's the hardest thing to do when you scout these teams that have multiple receivers that are good. Yes. Like, you know, Washington, Roma Dunsey, and yeah. Jalen Pohl. Yeah, they got three Jaylen guys who are probably going to be drafted, yeah. It's tough. It's very tough to defend. Um, but, yeah, they, they certainly missed Keon Coleman early in that game against Pitt. Uh, they also have Edge Jared Verse, who's starting to show a little life, had a couple sacks a couple weeks ago. Um, and then you got tight end Jaheim Bell, who could be a steal for a team on the third day. Yeah, I think mid-round. As far as tight ends are concerned, considered sometimes sixth or seventh best tight end in the draft. Yeah. Um, then you have Utah taking on Washington. Obviously, the guys you want to look out for, Michael Penix Jr., Romo Dunze, Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk. Those are going to be the guys to look out for. Jalen McMillan, has uh, he's been injured. He's been banged up. But there was talk of him potentially playing against USC. He did not, but there was some talk of him. So he looks like he might be nearing coming back. Um, Tennessee takes on Mizzou. You got Chris Abrams Drain, who really seems to be working his way up the 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 uh, the the charts as far as no, being a corner. There was some. De- there was some. There was some. He's really. I mean, we're talking about a guy that played wide receiver, now corner, four picks yes. this year, seven in his career. He had three two years ago, so yeah. he's got seven in his career. But uh, he he pops. He pops out on film. He was he was a guy before the season, probably rated somewhere in that second day. I think he's probably that's probably where he's going to be at, but I think he's really solidified it now. He could have fallen down, but I think Abrams Range is really starting to like put himself in that like good second second day guy that you could get really good value with. Um, then you've got Ole Miss taking on Georgia. 
Um, Lad McConkey, Kamari Lassiter, Javon Bullard, uh, all guys you want to watch out for in that game. Michigan State takes on number one Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, wide receivers for them. Uh, on the defensive side, you've got Tyleek Williams, Michael Hall Jr. on the inside of that D-line. On the edge, you've got JT Tui Moloau, and you've got Jack Sawyer. And then in the defensive uh, in the defensive backfield, you've got Denzel, Denzel Burke. Burke. So you've got a lot of talent on Ohio State. I'm not very confident the Chiefs are going to take any of those guys. But, uh, yeah, they've, they've got a lot of talent there. Texas takes on TCU. Xavier Worthy, um, going to be one of the top receivers taking this draft class. Jonathan Brooks, one of the top running backs taking this yeah, draft Yeah, both Texas receivers, uh, Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell. And A.D. Mitchell is another guy. Both um, mocked the Chiefs quite a bit. Yes, yes. Um, Jatavian Sanders, another guy mocked to the Chiefs a lot. Certainly got probably the number two tight end in this draft class. Then you've got on the defensive side, you've got Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy II playing on the inside of that D line. You've got Jalen Catalan safety. playing safety yeah. for them. Um, Florida takes on LSU. Florida's got a guy named Ricky Pearsall who I think could be a good late third-day wide receiver. Um, could be in that uh, third day. He could end up being like a very good slot-type receiver in the league. Uh, very talented, works really hard, so... Um, I, he's his production has gone up major this year. Uh, Malik Neighbors, Mister Consistent, the man's just he's gonna put up ten catches, hundred yards against Florida. Um, Mason Smith and Makai Wingo playing defensive tackle for LSU, and they got a guard. Makai Wingo out of St. Louis, yeah. And then they got they got a guard named Garrett Dellinger, who is another guy to look out for as well. Oh, and the other receiver really on the scene, uh, Brian Thomas. Brian Thomas is the well. forty-five catches, seven hundred sixty-eight yards, but eleven touchdowns between him and Neighbors. They have twenty-one touchdowns. Yeah, he's, again, yeah, he's multiple killing. receivers in a wide receiver room. LSU's fun to watch. Uh, yes, from a scouting perspective. From a scouting perspective, yeah. Duke takes on UNC. You've got maybe the best quarterback matchup of the week. Probably actually the best quarterback matchup of the week. Riley Leonard, Drake May, both potential. I mean, Drake for sure is a first rounder. I think Riley Leonard probably sneaks in somewhere in that in that mid to late first round range. Um, then you've got linebacker Cedric Gray for UNC, one of my favorite linebackers in this draft class. He's definitely more of a pass coverage type guy. Um, I think he's going to be a good. But does steal four, for four and a half sacks? Yeah, he does have four and a half sacks. Right at fifty he's tackles. Very good tackles. blitzer. He's a very good blitzer. Yeah, he's he's a stud. And then uh, the, the, the tight end Brian Nesbitt, I like too, um, in that situation for North Carolina. And and, uh, uh, and Walker was Tez a guy that, that worked his came way from up. the MAC, transferred it. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that was not ruled eligible in the beginning. Mac Brown, but he hard quietly put together a really good season for Arizona. They're going to take Arizona State's going to take on number 19 UCLA. The guy to watch out for is edge rusher Liatu Latu. My guy, one of my favorite uh, edge rushers from this in this draft class. Uh, he's certainly going to, I think, make some marks here. Um, then you've got USC taking on Oregon. You've got Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, both in this game. This is going to be a big matchup for them. Then you've got. Bunch of wide receivers for USC. Brendan Rice, Taj Washington, Mario Williams, Dorian Singer. Um, so a lot of talent to watch out for this week. And I think this I think we're really starting to get a good idea of the value of where these guys are gonna go. Like when we're talking about these guys, we're like, okay, this guy's for sure second day. This guy's for sure, you know, probably a third day guy. Uh, we're starting to see some of that value here. Obviously, more mock drafts are going to come out. We're going to start to see more tape on these guys. This is now crucial because 
We're in the, the heart of conference play, and we're in the lead-up to conference championship time. So this is going to be huge. This is a huge month here, and we will make sure we any, – any developments that could affect draft stock, we will talk about. We'll talk about mock drafts. And coming up in probably about a month, we will probably do our first mock draft for the uh, first round just to kind of play around. I've already seen that people are sending them. Um, but then we had the wrong amount of picks at this point. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. We, we got, yeah, we've seen, we're, we've seen. And not only that, but these mocks that are coming, we're seeing guys go in the seventh round. I'm like, wait a minute. This is the oh, third there's round no way. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. Of that. I've a seen lot some, of that. I've seen some. Someone like, sent one to me and you, and it's like, wait, yes. seventh round they were grabbing. I was like, man, it's a great draft. But you're going to have him It's there. a great draft, but he's not going to be there. So, um, certainly there's going to be a lot of moving that happens around, and we will talk about it here on Character Concerns. So, for Jay Binkley, I'm Christian Ocero. Thank you guys for listening to us, and we'll catch you guys next week.